Uh, we don't pretend to know what your lives are like during Christmas, uh, but we assume <laughs> that they're like ours, and that is the best picture we could think of for the craziness. Uh, you know, during the Christmas season, we have parties, like it's crazy how many parties you got to go to, right? So you got parties to go to. I've added one to y'all's calendar, and you got all these other things that you got to do. And then you, then there's family, which all of us are excited about, right? Because that's awesome. And then there's all these other things. And so it's just I, we decided this year uh, that we're going to do a sermon series called "Stress the Halls" because it, it just really is the most stressful time of year. When Christmas Day finally gets there, is this anybody else? When Christmas morning finally comes, th- does anyone feel like? Oh, thank God it's finally here because we get to be done with it. I mean, that's really the way that it is. So um, starting December 8th, we're going to do a sermon series, and it's going to be based on what Christmas is really like. And uh, we're really excited about it. We've got, I've got the outlines basically done. I'll finish them this week. And, um, and we're, we really think they're, they're going to be impactful for the month of December leading up to Christmas because of what Christmas is really like. So... I just want y'all to begin to invite your friends. We're really excited. There's so much going on in December that we believe people are going to come to know Jesus as a result of what we're doing, and we're excited about it. I want to say one thing before we get started that we are so pumped about, and if you just listen to the last song, you'll understand why we're very excited about it. Um, We've asked Shannon Scott to um, lead our worship, and we are extremely excited about that, and here's why. Shannon um, has been at Five Point Church for the last 18 months, and... um, she was their lead female vocalist, and they're a very large church. They're friends of ours. Some of y'all went to the marriage conference, and she was their lead female vocalist. And I called Dean a couple weeks ago, and this is exactly what I told him. Dean, our band is amazing. Our band is absolutely amazing. The leadership in the band is good. We are awesome. I want to go to the next level, and I believe God wants us to go to the next level. Will you let me have Shannon? <laughs> And I called him, and he said, no, I don't want to do that. And then he said, you know what, if it's for the kingdom, and if it's what God wants, and if it's what Shannon thinks God wants, then let's do it. And we all prayed about it, and we have talked about it, and we believe this is the decision for our church to move us to the next level. I just want to thank our band for doing such an awesome job in the interim. They have done an amazing job. I would love for y'all to show them a hand of appreciation for how good they've done. We are Certainly grateful for them. Every one of you, I call you by name, but we love you. We appreciate you and the leadership um, that has been there. And so we love you guys, and we are excited. I believe this decision is going to propel us to go to the next level. And here's what that means, and I'm going to start with my message. All that the next level means is, is simply we want to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel and be as excellent as we can in every place that we can be so that everyone out there wants to come experience what God is doing in our church. And that's what I mean by next level. It's not for us to look flashy and famous. It's for Jesus to be made famous. And that's why we made this decision through a lot of prayer. So I wanted to tell you guys that we are so pumped and excited. And, um, and I'm excited about this morning. I want to tell you why. Um, so often in my life, uh, God uses the message and it preaches to me. And I told Leah laying in bed last night, I said, this message is preaching to me. Because in the middle of, let me just ask this question. Have y'all ever been in a circumstance where your life is going pretty good, right? Life is good, going through the motions. Everything seems to be going well. You think you think you got all your ducks in a row. And then one person says something to you. One person. Listen, everything's good. Everything's good. One person calls you. One person texts you. One person, one person 
Like if it's Leah, it's your husband that comes in the door and you're like, awesome, I'm glad you're home. And they say something to you and you've had a good day up until this point. And then all hell breaks loose because one person says something. And up until that point, everything was good. Raise your hand if you've had that experience. Right? Everybody? Isn't that everybody? Every single person has experienced this. I see some husbands and wives nudging each other. If you did not raise your hand, the Lord knows you lied and you need to raise your hand and repent. Right? Because that's the truth. And, and so here's what happened. All right, this is the final week of, of Mission Impossible, and here's exactly what's taking place. All right, Elijah, one of my favorite biblical characters. I kind of wish we could keep going, but I know we're doing the right thing because the next story is so cool right after this one when God spoke in the still small voice. If you ever want to know where it is, it's 1 Kings 19. But God doesn't speak through the fire, and God doesn't speak through the earthquake, but God speaks through the still small voice. And so uh, th- it's right after this circumstance that takes place. But, but the beginning of, of 1 Kings 19 is, is him looking back. And this is what's happened, right? Uh, right? Last week, God called fire from heaven through Elijah's prayers, and he defeated 850 prophets, 450 of Baal. Previous to that, he's raised a kid from the dead, and, and, then, and then he announced to Ahab, who was the king, listen, listen, it's not going to rain for this amount of time, so, so be mad at me. And so for three and a half years... He had to hide himself before he showed himself again. And so, listen, God has done more in his life than we can even possibly dream could happen. And you would think up until this point, everything's good and nothing can scare him, right? Nothing can make him afraid. There's no possible way that this man's running from anything. He's the man. By the way, uh, the day before this happens, or maybe a couple days where we got the story of the circle maker, and I preached about it in May, this is what took place at the end of chapter 18. And Elijah took Ahab on top of the mountain where they had just defeated the prophets of Baal, and he prayed that rain would come back. And after three and a half years, a small cloud popped up, and then a larger cloud, and then a downpour that could not be explained. And that's where Honey got his prayer from to pray for rain. And so Elijah had seen all these great miracles happen, and he was so intimately close with God. And listen, there's a lot of us that there was a time that we were so intimately close with God and something happened in our life. There was a circumstance. There was a difficulty. There was someone that said something like happens here in the story of Elijah. But I want you all to hear this very carefully this morning. God, God is greater than all your circumstances and fears. Than all the most difficult things that happen to you in life. God is greater than all your difficult circumstances and your fears. God is is greater than all of those things. And if I ask you to raise your hand like I did just a minute ago and said, how many of y'all believe that? I believe almost everyone, if not every one of you, would say, I absolutely believe that. I believe God's greater than all my circumstances and fears. But here's the problem. We believe it enough to raise our hands. We believe it enough to believe it in our hearts. But when the difficult time comes, we run from those beliefs out of fear of man and out of fear of failing and out of fear of self-doubt and so many other things. And one phone call can throw us for a loop. And we can be so right with God at one moment, and so good, and feel like everything's great, and then just that quick, we're gone. And we feel like the bottom's dropped out on us and all hell's breaking loose in our lives. And we feel like the next couple days are going to be mission impossible. I don't know if I can deal with this. God, how will you get me through this? And we forget what we believe and know that God is greater than all my circumstances and all my fears. So today I want to show you what happened to Elijah and how we cannot fall into the same pit. Because I believe 
just want y'all to hear this. If you're trying to live for Christ, if you're not a Christian today, just bear with me. Bear with me for one second. If you're not a Christian, this really isn't for you. But if you are, I believe the trap that the devil wants to get you in sometimes, if you are a follower of Jesus, is just simply to take your eyes off of him and struggle. And a lot of times this is why I take my eyes off of him. Because of circumstances and because of fears and because of difficulties. And then I forget that I know that God is greater than all my circumstances and fears. And that's what happened to the greatest prophet that ever lived. He's seen all these things happen. Just imagine being him at Mount Carmel and watching fire come down and seeing all the prophets killed and then watching the rain come back. And you are the man. There's no one that can touch you. But he gets one phone call, or in his case, a, a, deliver, a person delivered the message to him. But one thing. Will you pray with me, God, this morning? I believe there's people in here that are really, really, really struggling. Um, I don't know if it's one conversation or one thing, but God, I just, I just know how hard life is. I just pray to you right now that you will tear down walls in people's lives, no matter how difficult they came in here. God, I, I know people came in here not even wanting to walk in the door. Some people were excited to be here. All of us are one difficult thing away from being in the same boat that Elijah was in in 1 Kings chapter 19. God, help us and renew us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to 1 Kings 19? And if you don't, they will be on the screen. Just a side note, if uh, you don't have a Bible, if you'll go back and see Jenny or one of our volunteers in the back, we, w we will give you one. We want everyone to have a Bible. And so we want you to be able to open it. It is, our, it is such an honor to be able to open God's Word and read it. And that's why we want you to have one. So this is how to overcome impossible circumstances in my life. And all of us face them. In our minds, it's impossible. We can't get through them. Like we, don't, we really don't know the next avenue. We really don't know what to do. And, and this is just two simple things that I want you to try to follow that I believe Elijah did wrong, by the way, that I believe we can do right and how we can overcome and, and accomplish the impossible. And the first one is uh, do what's right. Do what's right and not what's easy. Do what's right. Do what's right and not what's easy. Do what's right and not what's easy. First Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 1, I'm going to show you why he did what was easy, Elijah, and not what was right. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Remember, Jezebel is the, is the queen of Ahab and was the one that brought the worship of Baal into the kingdom. And she was a bad girl. <laughs> and Ahab had told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger, phone call, to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if you do... If I do not make your life as the life of, of one, excuse me, of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants, servant there. But, when, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So this is, this is what's happened. You have Elijah who 
is on top of the world a few days before, who has seen fire come down from heaven, who has defeated all the prophets, who stood up and mocked them and said, why doesn't your God, maybe he's taking a leak, or, or, or maybe he's on vacation, but my God will pull me through. And he has all the certainty in the world that God is going to pull him through, standing before a great multitude of people. A great, vast people were all around him, not counting the 850 prophets that were cutting themselves and making these claims. And he stood knowing that God was going to pull him through. The rain came, and then he stood up. And this is what happened. He doubted everything that he knew about God. And he got under a broom tree, and he said, Kill me now. I'm overwhelmed with my circumstances. I'm fearful for my life. Help me. And that's happened to all of us. I'm not saying... Y'all have sat down under a broom tree and wanted God to kill you. But all of us have seen victories in our lives and all of us have been on cloud nine. All of us have been excited and the next moment swoop and we're gone. And here's why. Here's the difficulties. I just wrote down a couple things that I wanted to read to you guys. When we get tired and a lot of times it seems like when we're exhausted, this is, this is what takes place, right? When we get extremely tired and worn out and burned out, we lose our focus. And here's what we lose our focus on. When we get tired, we focus on ourselves rather than others. Now, God put us on this planet. God put us on this planet to serve people. I read this today on Twitter, and I thought, man, this is perfect for this message. My walk with Jesus should be so contagious that a person out there that is an agnostic or an atheist questions whether or not they should be based on my actions and attitudes. My walk with Jesus should be so contagious that people out there that totally believe God doesn't exist should say, I wonder what they have that I don't based on the way that they live in love. But when I'm tired and overwhelmed, I think about myself and not others. That's the first thing that I do. I, I completely lose my mind and I get consumed with how can I get myself out of this crap? I hate my life right now. God, just kill me, right? The greatest prophet ever lived sits down under a tree and says, God, will you just kill me? I hate myself. I, I don't like this. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of running. I've defeated all these other things, but one woman gets mad at me, and I'm losing my mind. And he forgot that God is greater than his fears or his circumstances. And he became very selfish. That's all of us, every person in here. There's times in our lives where we get really selfish, and we think about ourselves above all else because we are exhausted in our circumstances and in our failures. We're exhausted. Second thing is when we get tired, we have fear of man over fear of God. During the chain series, during the chain series, that was one of the weeks is fear of man over fear of God. Listen, I want you to come teach me how not to fear man over fear God sometime if you ever get that. If you ever get the fact that, that I don't have to, that I won't worry more about what you guys think of or what God thinks, I would love for you to sit down with me and we'll have an exegesis on how that is possible because I don't think any human being on the planet does this perfectly. Now, I'll tell you who didn't do it is Elijah. Elijah was, was solely focused on God. God provided him for over two years at the brook chairs. He went, he went and God provided for him with a widow's house. He raised the kid from the dead. He, he killed the prophets of Baal after, after seeing fire from heaven. The, he brought the rain back, and then he was worried so much about what a woman thought about him and that one person was going to kill him and not an, an entire nation that was mad at him for a drought that he cared more about what she thought than what God thought. We all do that to an extent. Whether it's our boss, whether it's our family, we put our kids above God in our lives. 
all of us to an extent because of our circumstances and because of our fears. We can't pay the bills, so God, you can't provide for me. You're not enough. I am overwhelmed. And we all feel that way sometimes, don't we? It's overwhelming. When we get tired, we forget what God calls us to do when we focus on how to escape the circumstances that we're in. I want everybody to listen that's a believer in here. Every person that knows Jesus personally. God has called you to do something. God has called you to do something that is greater than you could possibly imagine for yourself. And I'm not saying that through your life you're going to shoot fire down from heaven, but I'm telling you, God did not make a mistake when he made you. He made you in Genesis 1.27 says he made you in the image of Almighty God. He made you in his image. You were created specially and fearfully and wonderfully. And he did not make a mistake when he made you. He made something that was awesome. And he has called you to do something greater than you've ever thought or imagined. But here's the problem. Instead of doing what we know we should do, or instead of doing something so much greater than we've ever even comprehended for ourselves, because what we think is great, it doesn't even come close to comparing to what God thinks is great because he is great. But when I'm overwhelmed in my circumstances, I completely lose my mind and I'm all I am only focused on. I cannot believe I've gotten myself in these circumstances. How can I get out? How can I get out? How can I get out? Why did these people do this to me? Why did he say that to me? Why did this happen in my life? And we forget God altogether. And let's be honest. Let's be real with ourselves right now. In the last month, there's probably not a person in this room. Let's just say in November. Because we'll be done with November next Sunday. There's not a person in this room that hasn't been overwhelmed, is there? Right? Not one. I mean, I don't think anybody's living in Pleasantville <laughs> where everything's perfect and it's always the same temperature, right? It's cold this morning. Some people don't like the cold. Some people love it. But there's always a circumstance that's going on. You get that one piece of mail that's that bill that you weren't expecting and your life goes from awesome to holy crap. Just like that. And God's not able to take care of that bill, even though he took care of you for the last 45 years of your life. And we are overwhelmed because of the circumstances in our lives. And just like Elijah, we forget that God that we serve is greater than all of our circumstances and fears. And in an instant, this is just my opinion. This isn't in the Bible, by the way. This is just this is just what I believe based on my personal circumstances. I believe the existence of God in our mind is next to non-existent when we're in the worst circumstances and fears because we become so consumed with ourselves and so consumed with how can I get out of this that we lose sleep and we're torn up inside. So the, the point was do what's right and not what's easy. What's easy is to complain and to bellyache and to sulk because that's what I do. I'm so good at it. And what's right is to rest in God. To completely and totally find rest in God. And that's the second point. That is what is right. Is we must find rest where rest is truly given. Because here's the truth. Right? Here's the truth. Um, when, when dealing with stress, a lot of us deal with stress in different ways. I am a I don't sleep during stress kind of person. Like I, I used to say until someone called me out on it that I don't require a lot of sleep. And then someone that I have a lot of respect for said, that's just you making an excuse for being under stress and not relying on God. And I was like, okay, you got me, because that's probably true. So what I'm going to say is I don't rely on God. 
and I try to take care of it myself, and then I drink a lot of coffee, and I don't need a lot of sleep, right? Because that's how I get through it. Because when I'm really resting in God, and the way that we Christians find true Sabbath rest, like Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about, that our rest truly comes in Jesus. Because listen, some of you, like my wife, when you're under stress, she is awesome because she will just shut it down and she can sleep. And like I can be in the middle of a conversation with her, what's up, babe? Hey. And she's just knocking it out. Sitting on the couch, it's awesome. Date night is awesome. When, when she's just taking a little snooze on the side, it's just fantastic. Because her stress is sleep and my stress is stay up, but neither one of us are really resting. Right? Because she gets up and she's exhausted. And I don't sleep and I'm exhausted. Because my rest truly comes when I am resting. That is, the, that is the word, by the way, that means faith. When I truly have faith, meaning I place all my hopes and all my fears and all my anxieties and all my failures and all my difficulties and all my phone calls and all my mail and everything in God's hands and saying, I trust you that you're greater than my circumstances and fears. That is when rest comes my way. That is when rest comes to my house. That is when in the most difficult circumstances I can find rest and I can find peace and I can say, you know what, I don't know why this stuff's happening in my life, but I'm at peace. You hear people say that are real churchy. You can have the peace that passes all understanding, right? Because that's churchy. That's what we say. We nudge each other. You need Jesus, right? They don't know what they're talking about most of the time. They don't have peace. They stay, they've, they've slept four hours all week, but you, Jesus is peace. No, I need peace and the only way that I'll ever get it is if I honestly, in the deepest part of my heart, believe what I know to be true. And that is God is greater than all my circumstances and fears. And at the moment that I get that, I truly will find rest. And when Jezebel comes knocking at my house and she says, I'm going to make it my life's mission to make you miserable and honestly to kill you. I just say, you know what, you may kill me, but I find my rest in Jesus, not in my circumstances or in my difficulties. Not in my life, not in the great things that happen, not in the worst things that happen. I find my rest in Jesus. And so here's how the story goes. Verse 5, it says, he laid down and slept under the same tree, under that broom tree. And here's when you know you're overwhelmed, by the way. <laughs> And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on a hot stone and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and laid down again. Can I just, I'm just going to stop here. This is free. This isn't really part of the message. If you, if an angel comes when you're stressed out and there's like a hot stove thing above your head, and he's got a cake and a thing of water, you're supposed to freak out because it's an angel and he's providing for you. And that's when you know, honestly, that proves the point. We miss God when we're so consumed with our circumstances. Even an angel of the Lord can come stand beside Elijah and he just laid back down and sulked in his own misery. God was still providing for him. God is greater than his circumstances and needs. And he just was like, thanks, bro. And he goes back to sleep. It's crazy. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being him? You're so overwhelmed with Jezebel wants to kill me, Jezebel wants to kill me, Jezebel wants to kill me, that you don't even see the angel giving you cake and water. You miss it. 
the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he rose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Herob, the Mount of God. God provided for him again because God is greater than Elijah's fears and circumstances. And when he went to Herob, that is where the Lord didn't speak to him through the fire, through the earthquake, through all these other things, but through the still small voice he spoke to him. And the story continues, and it is so good. I hope y'all will read it because I love it. But for us today, for us today, all of you guys, all of you guys, know what it's like to be in the middle of such a difficult circumstance that you're overwhelmed. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, sitting in this room right now, because I've either talked to you or I've heard this week that some of you guys are overwhelmed past your eyeballs. You're drowning. It's, it could be debt. It could be circumstances at work. It could be, it could be circumstances with your spouse. I know where you are, but listen to me. Please, please, please listen to me. If you are a person that doesn't know Jesus because you've never trusted him as Savior, or you're a person that you know him, but right now you feel like Elijah because Jezebel rang your doorbell and you're not happy where you are. All of you, all of you, all of you. Believe in your heart what you already know, that God is greater than all your circumstances and all your fears. Because he sent his son Jesus who knew no sin to become sin so that we could be given the right to be called God's child. He sent Jesus for all of us for this exact situation. And all we have to do is cling and trust to him. Do you know the people that I think deal with this the least amount are the people that believe in their heart the most that God is greater than their circumstances and fears? Because all of us struggle. And that in the worst of times, they rest in the faith that is the Lord Jesus. They rest in him. In the worst things that can happen, I cannot feed my kids. I don't know what's going to happen. God will provide for my needs. I will trust him. I will trust him. This is, this is what Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30 says, and I love it. Because... This is what Jesus said. And this is how, in my opinion, Jesus painted the picture of what he wants for us. He said, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you, what's that word? Rest. I know you guys are tired. I know you're overwhelmed with your circumstances. If you'll just come to me, I'll give you rest. I'll, just, I'll give you rest if you'll just come to me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls in the deepest crevices that no one else knows about you. Where you are so overwhelmed, you don't know what to do. You will find rest if you rest in Jesus. That's his words, not my words. And I know a bunch of you guys in this room, you need that right now. Wherever you are, you will find rest in Jesus. Because he says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you 
is like, listen, there's still a burden with Jesus, right? There's still a burden with Jesus. But his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And if we will trust him that he is greater than my circumstances and my fears, I will still deal with things that should make me afraid. Because listen, there's been many, many, many people that have followed Jesus that have died by the sword or today by the gun. And, you know, I'm just being honest. I would be afraid if someone was about to shoot me. But here's what I know. My God took the cross. If someone shoots me, I will be afraid. But I'll also know in my heart that I'm about to go meet Jesus face to face. And if the worst thing that could possibly happen to me is me die, then that's okay with me. I don't want to die. I want to be safe. But that's okay with me because here's the thing. We were all put on this planet to glorify Jesus, to give him praise and glory, to bring God who sent his son to us glory and praise and honor with our lives. And so what Satan does as the glory thief is he makes you distracted by all the difficult circumstances and the fears that you have in your life and the stuff that so easily entangles you and keeps your eyes from Jesus and he causes you to stumble and fall. And pretty soon we don't even know where Jesus is in our lives because we have not talked to him, we have not been intimate with him, and we really don't believe in our hearts what we know in our heads to be true, and that is God is greater than all my circumstances and all of my fears. Listen to me right now. There are two groups in this room right now. There's one, you need Jesus right now. You need Jesus right now. You need to trust him as your Savior. That is rest in him and say, Jesus, I have sinned against God and I deserve punishment for my sin. But because you took punishment's place by being on the cross, I accept your free gift of salvation right now. I want to be saved. That is all salvation is, is accepting something that Jesus did for you. He paid the price that you can't pay. So what you deserve and what I deserve is hell and separation from God. But what he gives us is life because he was perfect and he paid that price. I just want to ask you right now. We're going to stand up. All of us are going to stand up. And I'm just going to ask you, will anyone respond to that and here's the other thing we have a few people in the back and if a lot of people go I have a few more people that will stand up and go pray with you that I've asked that will um, instead of asking you guys to come down front for something this intimate and this particular I just want to ask you because I believe there's some people that are really struggling I just want to ask you to stand up and um, go to the back and, and we're going to um, pray this morning with you one on one we have some people that are that are more than willing to stand up and pray with you. So will everybody stand up right now? With everybody just in a spirit of prayer, will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to ask you first. You're already standing. You're already standing up. I wonder if you will just look up at me if you don't know if you know Jesus. I want you to try to make eye contact with me if you're not certain that you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. I'm not saying you have to go back. 
This is the offer to you. If you don't know for sure in your heart where your destination is when you pass, if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to just slip out right now and go back. We have volunteers in the back that want to pray with you right now and explain to you what it truly means to be saved. So will you just slip out right now? And, and here's the other thing. And you can slip out all at once. If you're overwhelmed with life circumstances and where you are, you honestly feel like Elijah because you've had great victories, but Jezebel has come knocking on your door and you're overwhelmed. If that is your life right now, we just want to invite you right where you are to slip out. I'm going to pray. I won't even see who goes back, okay? Just ask the people to move. They will be more than happy to move if you're in the middle aisle and go to the back and pray with one of our staff people or volunteers right now. Thank you. Anybody else can go. God, right now we're going to end with my current favorite song. And um, of all songs we could have done, this is the picture of what we feel like, God. We are swimming above our heads and don't know where we're going sometimes, but we trust you, Lord. Take me deeper than my faith could possibly imagine me going in you. God, for every person in here right now that's struggling, I just give them the courage to just step out, talk to somebody, and get help. That's what we want to do, God. That's why we're here, to help the hurting, the least, the lost, and the lonely experience new life in Jesus. God, we love you. We are so excited about what you're doing in our church, and we're grateful for Jesus. Will y'all remain standing? Thank you.